Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, the podcast where we cook up a delicious blend of cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection topics to serve you a hearty bowl of insights. Whether you like your gumbo spicy with a dash of encryption or prefer a milder flavor with a side of compliance, we've got you covered. So grab a spoon, sit back, and let's dive into the pot of data protection gumbo. Welcome to another edition of Data Protection Gumbo Podcast. We're here with another amazing guest today. His name is Omar Masri, and he's a software engineer and also the founder and CEO of Mamari, which helps businesses overcome the cost and complexities of cybersecurity, preventing attacks while meeting compliance and cyber insurance requirements. Uh, He is also a director of a data migration and security services company and is co-incubating a non-emergent transport services startup as well. So Omar, welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Let's let's start off with why Mamari and why did you decide to start it and just any information you'd like to share about the company that, that you're building. So Mamori was an idea born about a year or two before COVID happened. And it was really around, I used to be, I used to do a lot of venture capital work and we worked with a lot of startups. And obviously when you have a startup, you don't have uh, a lot of cash in terms to spend on security, but these small businesses um, had, you know, in their desire to grow, they wanted to do businesses with larger companies that required security. So it's very expensive for a small or medium sized business to actually get secure. So it's kind of an idea of, Hey, how do we simplify security? Right now, it's kind of, you know, sold and bought in little pieces and you have to, security experts have to put it together themselves, essentially, at every business. Uh, and that's where the idea was born, because at, its, at the high level, security is actually pretty simple. You know, all the compliance people say, hey, just do these eight things, do these 10 things from a security expert perspective, right? But in practice, uh, it's co- cost prohibitive. Actually, it's impossible to actually implement those eight to 10 things, right? Uh, and that's where... Mamori, uh, that's kind of our mission, to actually make it possible to actually implement the recommendations. And that's where we are now. So we uh, we developed things out and took the product to market about a year and a half ago, and it's been well-received. Uh, so it's it's growing, so it's good. Yeah, it seems like everyone is is focusing and really getting laser-focused and honed in on, on security and dealing with cyber risks and cybersecurity overall. Uh, I really want to get your perspective and opinion on cybersecurity and how the evolution has evolved, let's say since COVID-19, because COVID pushed everyone internal inside and everyone onto a network, right? So lots of company had, companies had to spin up uh, VPNs and everyone had to log in and do Zoom meetings, et cetera. But I think it also did something to the way IT is, is protected or, or managed from that perspective, what's your what's your your take on that, Omar? So you're 100 percent correct on th- those technical challenges of just working from home. Everyone worked from home, even the hackers went home and started working overtime, right? But actually, the biggest change is actually how risk was assessed in cybersecurity. So before COVID, a lot of businesses just bought cyber insurance instead of actually implementing security. So you got hacked, you sort of just paid. You know, your insurance covered it, right? It was actually cheaper, right? Uh, But since COVID, the insurance industry has lost billions and they're like, no, no more. So it's almost like I was talking to an insurance guy and he was like, look, 
honestly, before we were insuring drunk drivers and just paid paid them when they crashed, right? And we were happy to do it because the they didn't crash that bad, right? Now it's like forget it. Uh, now actually, to get insurance, and actually you have to meet the requirements by the providers. So that's kind of the first thing. So how risk is assessed changed. So people actually have to actually be secure now, and that's and that's where everything changes. Now, when you actually have to be secure, then the issues that you brought up before, everyone's now working remote, hacks are happening more often, so your, your teams are more distributed. So essentially, it's almost like infrastructure has become more complicated, access requirements have become more complicated, and there's more hackers hacking. Hacking has become, you know, essentially like, you know, hacking as a service <laughs> type business. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can, you can sell data, you know, for example, I could go and steal some company data from my company. There's a market for me to sell the data and get some Bitcoin, right? So it's like you have increased demand for theft and you have increased invulnerability. And what hasn't changed is the software of how to get secure hasn't changed. So it's still sort of 1990s kind of design sort of stuff. So that's kind of, so it's kind of like a perfect storm. So right? you're saying software hasn't changed that much since the 90s, which is, is that part of the reason why hackers are really succeeding, especially with things like ransomware? And they, they seem to be very successful uh, nowadays with, you know, getting inside of corporate networks, sitting there for 30, 60, 90, 120 days. And I mean, exfiltrating data. I mean, it's a lot that's happening right now. And uh, you would think that they would maybe start to decline, that more more of the good guys would start building some solutions that no one is, is really capable of overriding or getting access to. But I guess what I'm trying to get get at is why why is it still on the rise? Do you have an idea as to, and I know you mentioned the software part, but what are some of the challenges as to why why it's on the rise? Yeah, so the, the key challenges are uh, pretty simple. Right now, it's um, no one can actually follow the recommendations. That's kind of like super high level thing is no one can actually follow the simple recommendations. And here's an example, right? You know, the FTC and, and a lot of NSA, they'll say, okay, 2FA everything, right? That's a simple recommendation. But in practice, businesses can't 2FA everything right now. They can only 2FA, for example, they buy Okta or Duo. That's 2FA their apps and maybe little 2FA their SSH and maybe their RDP access, right? But how about their database access? How about the legacy applications that don't support SAML? How about, you know, the OT infrastructure? How about just, you have all these things that are sitting there, you know, the file share, the network drive, right? Access to the, so you have all these things. So you have gaps. It's almost like you, your people are buying a gate but forget the fence or they have the fence, but they forget the gate. You actually have to have, you actually have to follow the recommendation of 2FA everything. And that's what Monwadi helps you do. We help you 2FA everything, right? If you have your Okta, you can still use that for your things that you have. And then for the things that Okta doesn't cover, for example, we do that as well. So, and if you don't have anything, we do it all, right? So that's kind of the first challenge is it's been impossible and sometimes cost prohibitive to actually implement the best practice. The human factor of us as humans trying to, you know, follow the best practices and recommendations and do things like 2FA, where do you see AI coming into the picture and who's going to win that race? Is it the the bad guys or the good guys or maybe both will leverage um, just from a security perspective to kind of do some of the good things to keep keep the bad guys out? Bad guys will probably use AI to do 
some of the bad things to get in to a network. I, I don't know who's going to win that race, but I'm, I'm curious to hear your perspective on yeah, you know, so, how does that play out? So the winner of that game, it's all about, it's like, you know, in war, it's visibility is key, right? Who can see, who can see, and who can't see, right? So when both sides are using AI, then you, the winner is the one who's able to keep the other side blind, right? So I think AI will have, will play a big role. Now the, now the challenge for using or making use of AI is the data set, the visibility, so, for example, if if you're only if you're only collecting and analyzing your you know application access, but you're not doing your network and your database and your your file shares and your cloud drive access, if you're not doing if you don't have visibility over the full picture um, on your traffic of access, then your AI is kind of limited in what it can the threats that it can detect and protect you from, right? So, so that's why. So I think AI will play a big role. Uh, and our and our focus in that is to actually give the data set. So if you, for example, if you used Memori, then in, in its entirety, you would have your DevOps access, RDP, SSH, Windows. Um, you have your application access. You have your network access. Any TCP access. It's all kind of recorded, logged, and built into sort of like an analytical sort of machine learning set, which an AI can act on and find the patterns and stuff. So I think AI is always needed. It always contributes. It helps find the anomalies and helps keep, you know, instead of getting thousands and thousands of alerts, you get a nice human readable risk score, right? <laughs> that you can yeah. say, okay, here's something I should look at, right? Okay. And what are you seeing? Is, is there a trend is around what hackers and what bad guys are actually getting in and kind of taking over? Is, is, is there one thing you're seeing over the other that, you know, maybe it's something simple or maybe it's something complex, but I'm thinking it's simple. Yeah. So, so the, the trend right now is going for um, companies that have sort of richer data sets, right? So for example, there, there's more attacks happening in around the healthcare industry, right? Cause they have, you know, patient information, there's more, right? So, and typically medical industry hasn't really been a big buyer of um, compared to banks and telcos which you know buy every you know and electricity companies they buy kind of every security product in the market right hospital groups uh, traditionally aren't big it buyers and they have a lot of partners they integrate with so they integrate with their transporters they integrate with their dispatchers and and you know people who supply their medicine so all these people have all this they share all this data so there's a lot of little moving parts and hackers are like ooh, a lot of little moving parts Companies don't all have the same granularity of security, easy target, right? So they're kind of seen as a soft target. Another target is consulting companies. Consulting companies always feel like, hey, I'm a consulting company. I don't have to buy security. My clients are secure. But then they, clients give the consultants VPN access. So then, you know, all that jazz. So then hackers now are attacking consultants because they have all the connections to all their customers, right? So that's kind of the, um, uh, the, the changes happening. So hackers are getting a bit smart going for the data. And also inside the threat, right? People are just stealing it and selling the data when they're about to, you know, switching jobs, right? I'm leaving my job tomorrow. Hey, what can I steal and sell it and get for some extra Bitcoin? Right? So, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I, I never thought about the consultant angle that consultants do have access to lots of clients. And they have access to, you know, multiple different businesses. And so if you get access to the, to the uh, consultant's data, then you probably can get access to, you know, some of their uh, third-party vendors as well. So that's right. That's 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 pretty pretty fascinating, pretty unique. Do you have any like um, war stories around, you know, things being broken into? You don't have to share names. Oh 
oh, there's, there's heaps. Yeah, there's heaps. There's many times we're helping out a little nonprofit, starting with a small business, little nonprofit organization, just helping them out um, with some stuff. And we're sitting there watching it and looking at the database. And um, and I tell them, I think someone's attacking your system right now because <laughs> they're encrypting your files. I'm like, unplug your machine. Go right now and tell the guys, just unplug your machine from the... Yeah, this is it was about maybe 10 years ago, but... Um, a lot of cases like that, you see hacks happening in action. People are snooping around. Or um, when we track, we usually try to track people scanning, doing scans. So when you detect people doing a lot of scans, you kind of know that's what's happening. But yes, that's kind of been the worst where I actually saw a ransomware hacker actually trying to start to encrypt data. And actually, that's a misconception. So that um, most people, when people buy security, they usually, you know, the hard thing is you get marketed so hard from every vendor that sells little features. Hey, buy my little feature and protect your application and you'll be protected from ransomware. Big misconception. Protecting your... Hackers don't attack the apps, you know, ransomware hackers. They attack your databases. They attack your the servers that actually have your files, right, to ransomware. So Wow, okay. And I'm, I'm curious to know, like, what, what your approach is with, with Marmory and... You know how you guys approach it. I know is so. This is a cloud, cloud-based SaaS solution, right? No, no. So this is not a. A lot of the people actually have air-gapped environments, right? Meaning, meaning, yeah. So this is not a. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we sell a, We sell. You know, it's seat-based. It's um annual subscription, but we're not a cloud solution. That so all your traffic stays in wherever your network is. So if you have a cloud, if you if you are cloud deployed, then your memory server is inside your virtual private cloud, right? So the idea is that it's deployed inside your network. Okay. Uh, you can put one in the DMC okay. if you want. And yeah, it's just sort of, and then you use the modules that you want. And we have every module that you would need, right? You have your ZTNA module, your PAM module, your DB PAM module, your database activity module. So it's about, you know, eight, 10 modules, your workflow module, um, which is the one that actually people buy last. And it's the one that this, the reason why many companies fail or ISO you know, 27001 compliance, which is the access management, you know, sale points, bloody expensive, simple as that, right? <laughs> so no one ever, <laughs> sale points expensive. So yeah, so we have all the modules, you use kind of what you want, enable the things you want, and um, pretty easy to install. It's just a simple Docker install. Yep. Okay. You said Docker install? Yeah, so we deploy using Docker. So we don't, you don't have to have a swarm or anything. It's just, you know, you stand up um, a Linux or a Windows Hyper-V and then you just run a run the command and it's installed literally in five minutes so yeah it's available on docker hub you just can do um mm-hmm. do the, the pull and it starts up and you can start using it sounds pretty fascinating and as far as the the future and looking in your your crystal ball what, where do you see things headed so i think you know i don't, I don't know if you remember back in the day it used to be corporate bi uh, and then sort of tab the tableau and the clicks came out and there was a new market segment for self-service bi right so i think what's going to happen is uh, the big trend in cybersecurity isn't going to be a, a single feature. Um, it's not a better AI or better 2FA or better PAM or better DAM. It's more about, hey, all in one. I just, I don't, I will, I'm tired of buying 10 different vendors and taking two years to integrate it. I want a single solution that deploys in you know, a week or even a day and I can just start using it, right? That's kind of the big trend and it, it's got everything baked in there. So I think the all in one self service, um, Thing is going to be happening so because 
traditionally, uh, my history is we build productivity tools. So I don't know if you heard in the US, you would have heard Request Software. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, so the products like Toad and Spotlights and all those database tools, yeah. right? So we, we developed them out of the Melbourne lab, right? So it was um, when I moved to Australia, we, we, we made a little Oracle product and we got bought by Quest before they went IPO. This is like, you know, 1999. Oh, yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. So well, really what we focused on is allowing people who aren't experts to do things that experts can do. And cybersecurity needs that, right? Right now, it's, it's just too hard. Uh, to implement for any business to implement security because there aren't enough experts to do it properly. So Mamori is kind of designed to be very similar in that sort of um, philosophy of a productivity tool. You don't have to be a cybersecurity expert to just stand up a Mamori server and start using it. In fact, you don't even have to know all the compliance things and craziness. Just, just use it. Right? It just makes it. So, so actually, if you just want to be more productive, you could just use it. Because, yeah, yeah. If you're a DevOps team, for example, just use it. And and for the small folks, and in that spirit of the Quest tools, for for small teams, it's it's literally free. We don't charge for um, small organizations. So and what's small? How many just how many people? Yeah, like 20, okay. 30 people. That's usually like uh yeah, 20, 30 people. It's a small, medium business, right? Okay, yeah. nice. That's that's good to hear because they they need security like really, really bad. So. Well, well, that's right. I, I, the the people. I mean, when you look at the stats in the U.S., there's you know, 40 million you know small medium businesses in the U.S. Right, so some large number. Right? I can't remember the mm -hmm. exact one. And that's right. They're all getting hacked, and they're they're getting ransomware for you know five, ten, twenty grand. Right. And for them, that's a it's a big deal. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> a big deal. I agree. So uh, yeah, I I appreciate all the information that you provided, and let let's begin to wrap up here. And a, a question that I, I typically ask most of the, the guests on the show is, you know, what's on your nightstand? What do you read before you go to bed or what are you reading? <laughs> so the uh, I'm rereading. So my son's uh, in, in high school now and he's you know, learning the age of enlightenment. So I'm just I'm reliving my early days of philosophy. So I love philosophy and stuff. So, you know, Camus, Candide, Voltaire, so Rousseau and um but apart from philosophy books and technical stuff, what I really like to read is uh, I'm a manga geek. So, mm, okay. Uh, any, yeah. All right. So nice. Well, uh, it's. How about yourself? What What have you been reading? Um, me, I I'm more of a self help. You know, I can't get enough. Of oh, okay. Continually striving to think that there's something that I either I don't know about myself or about my environment that can help me, you know, live better to be faster, to be smarter, to be, you know, more holistic, to be a better father, just to be better, you know, overall. So I have a ton of books that I am always reading at the same time, which may not be that effective, but I love to keep books around because you know, depending, depending on how I feel, you know, I can just grab that book and, you know, get some insight from it. So ferocious reader. That's good. No, it's good. I think the, um, do you have any particular one in mind that you, that you read last year? Um, there is a, a stoic book. So it, it has different clips in it from Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus ah. and some of the other, uh, Roman emperors, etc. And it's like a daily, a daily read, which gives you every day. There's a piece of advice. So I, I try to do that early in the morning as the first thing. And then I'm also reading some podcasting books, how to make profit off of your podcast and, you know, kind of learning how to do things a lot better. 
Um, so those are the ones that are currently on my desk now. So, yeah, so, so it's funny you mentioned uh, the Stoics. So about 80% of the folks who, um, who are into um, or self-reflect, not into, but mm. basically self-reflect, end up being Stoics. I'm, oh, yeah. I, yeah, Marcus Aurelius, all that stuff. So actually, my son's very similar. He picked it up on his own, but yeah it's funny funny that's the first thing you mentioned because i was going to ask <laughs> that's right yeah um, I, I stumbled upon it and it just uh stuck out at me and I think his name brian with london real he has a youtube channel and really big guy on online and uh, he was posting clips of it and i decided to to buy it as well so it's it's been helping me also but yeah, I uh, really appreciate you being on. And as I mentioned, I, I've learned a lot of insights and also some best practices around keeping keeping data safe and secure and learn a few things about Marie also. How can the listeners maybe go and check out your software or anything else that you, you would like to kind of close out with? Sure. It's, just go to mamori.io. And then from there, you can cut all the links and videos and data sheets and... Um, you can also download and install. So you can set up a little box in wherever your cloud machine or your on-premise and then just download it and install it and send us an email and we'll help you configure it. Simple as that. So if you're a small business, it's free and there's no need to run naked anymore on security if you are if you don't have a lot of cash or experts, right? There's, you can't use that as an excuse anymore because it's free. No now. more excuses. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, that's M-A-M-O-R-I. That's right. I-O. Mamori, which means uh, defense in Japanese. So it's like those little amulets. Mamori. Mamori, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Omar, thank you again for being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. So out there, make sure that um, you also go to LinkedIn, take a look at the Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group that, that I run. There's about 25,000 plus professionals out there. So a great place to network and have conversations with your peers about storage and backup and recovery and security as well. All right. Thanks, Demetrius. All right, folks out there, stay safe and make sure you back up often. <laughs>